Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we have a special guest on. We have Matt Ruttenberg over at Life Inc. Retirement Services. And as I always say, those of you that have been listening for a while, you know Matt. Matt's been on quite a few episodes. Mm -hmm. Basically, anything we're talking about retirement, Matt's our go-to guy, and Matt joins us. So just so you know, we've had Matt on twice already this year. We talked about the Secure 2.0 Act and how now is a great time to start a retirement account for your company if you haven't already. And then we also went through retirement plans for 2023 and kind of what options are available for you if you have employees, if you don't have employees. So definitely go check out those episodes. We're going to kind of go a different angle today. We're going to be talking about non-qualified retirement options and, and kind of what's available in that arena. And so, Matt, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. So, Matt, you know, just to kind of start in this area, I guess explain to us what is this term non-qualified retirement options and, you know, kind of who is it meant for, you know, who should be really kind of peeking up and listening to this conversation? Yeah. And and so let's start with there. Let's start there. So what is qualified versus non-qualified and and qualified is, let's just keep it simple. It's earmarked for retirement from the IRS standpoint, from their view, it is earmarked for retirement. So that would be a pre-tax option or a Roth option. So IRAs, 401ks, things like that. The non-qualified basically removes the tax benefits you get, the upfront tax benefits you would get from like maybe a, a pre-tax contribution into your 401k or your IRA. It removes the rules that come with those qualified plans. So the age 59 and a half and your RMDs, right? There are RMDs that you have to take out, which the IRS keeps pushing those back and back now as people are getting older. And so when you remove the qualified stamp from a plan, it, it removes a lot of the rules that go with it, um, not only from you as an individual, but you from an employer. So you don't have to offer it to employees. There's no limits on contributions. You can set a lot of these rules. And the people who usually we, we will offer this to is someone who, one, they're having a hard time getting proper contributions into a plan for one reason or another, based on the, the way their employee pool is built, or even if, they, if they're not really interested in offering something. So maybe they have a lot of W-2 higher paid commission level, maybe W-2 salespeople, right? So they pay them very well through commissions and things like that, but they don't necessarily, they aren't interested in giving them a match into the 401k because they're giving them a very high level commission or something like that. And or just simply they've maxed out every other level. We've talked about this before, the three tiered upside down cake where you have the 401k, you have the profit sharing, and then you maybe have a defined benefit plan, like a cash balance plan. Sometimes these non-qualified plans will replace the cash balance plan because a cash balance plan is considered a non-qualified or a qualified plan, meaning you may have to give some of this money to your employees. So more often than not, we have given enough to employees. We don't need to give them any more. We've maxed that. We've done a very substantial match, maybe some profit sharing calculations. Now it's up to me to save into my own plan. So we'll offer something in the form of a non-qualified plan, or you maybe have just one or two employees that you really want to target. 
And there's some discrimination rules when it comes to qualified plans. Like, can't just give it to one person. You have to give it to everybody. That's those fairness rules we talked about. So sometimes the non-qualified plans come into that. In, in the, you know, kind of one thing that's popping to my, my mind is, is kind of a golden handcuff. Or let's say you have this employee that you really want to keep on. You know, is there a way that you can have a plan, have an option available to them that will incentivize them to stay, stick on with their team for X amount of years and, and something you might not offer to all of your employees. If they're super high key employee or something like that. So when we talk about non-qualified plans, that makes sense. Okay, here's what qualified is. Here's what's non-qualified. What do they look like? You know, what, what, how does it work? What does the deductibility of it look like? Um, sure. You know, what's the setup of these look like? Yeah. And this kind of goes back into what's the goal of the plan that we talked about. And, but you, you mentioned golden handcuffs and that let's just start there. And, and that is the layman's term for something called deferred compensation. Okay. And deferred compensation is basically exactly what it's called is deferred comp. You're deferring compensation to certain employees and you're able to add these golden handcuffs to these employees. They're very rich plans. They're usually very substantial contributions. There's a couple ways to do it. There's a lot of risk. And I'm going to take these kind of from the most restrictive to your employee down. All right. And deferred comp is the most restrictive to your employee. So you're basically promising them a future lump sum value in the future that you're deferring today. And there's different ways to invest it. You know, you can just make it a ledger where you're going to say, this is earmarked. I promise to pay this to you. And there's no real growth or anything of the assets. You're simply going to say, at retirement, you're promising here, here's all this money in a lump sum. And it's up to the employees to pay all those taxes. It's like they're getting a big, huge bonus at the tail end, a taxable bonus in the tail end. So a ledger is one way, just keeping it on the, on the books and then just handing it off later. Can be a little risky. Because, you know, something happens, you're kind of hoping that the money is still there in the future, right, for these employees. And these are, these are contracted plans, right? There is a contract. There is a, uh, a plan document. There are annual, very similar to a defined benefit, like a pension. There are annual calculations that you have to keep track of and things like that. So there's additional costs to these things. The other option is simply to invest it, taking that money and investing it. And you're still giving the money off to the employee at the same time at retirement. The downside of that is the business is paying the taxes on any like dividends or capital gains throughout those years, right? So that's a downside to doing it that way. And the third option is through a life insurance platform, right? And these are specially designed. Not all carriers do these plans, but it's a specially designed life insurance policy. And the best way to explain it is on how to design these things is we don't really care about the death benefit. We want the cash value uh, and we need it to grow at a certain rate. And the reason why you would use the life insurance platform is because those grow tax deferred. So the money goes into it after tax, right? These are, again, these are non-qualified plans. They go into it after tax. The growth grows tax deferred. And then simply you hand it off to the employee who pays all of the taxes. So you, in essence, close the policy and then they pay all the taxes the employee does at retirement. So that is the kind of in a nutshell, there's a lot more to it, but that's a deferred compensation plan. And that is by far the most restrictive. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of rules to it. But like you mentioned, it's called the golden handcuffs. Just to make that clear too, these contributions, let's say you do the life insurance option as, or the life company option mm -hmm. on it. 
those contributions that you're making into it are not a tax deduction to the business owner when they're when you're putting them in there. Right. Yeah. So the the benefit to the employee or the employer is it you're you're in essence bonusing this. These are bonuses to your employee, right? So it's going to be taxed like a bonus that you're giving that to them. So in essence, you know, obviously you as the employer are not paying any income tax on that because you're going to be handing it off to them. So the money has not necessarily left the hands of the business owner yet or the company yet until retirement. So that's when the deduction, the, you know, the, the bonus structure is taken care of at that point. Makes sense. So we will get a deduction for it, but it won't happen until the event occurs or this policy or this, these right. funds or whatever it is goes to the employee. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So we have deferred compensation plan. What, what's kind of that? So next, next, next level is it's called a, a bonus 162 plan, also known as like an executive bonus plan is kind of the layman's terms on it. And this one uses only life insurance, a life insurance platform. So again, the way, the way these are designed is not like you're buying just a random cash value life insurance policy with a, with an agent. They're designed specifically to prioritize the cash value growth. Now, this is not something uh, that's synonymous with maybe a 401k plan. The 401k plan, it's invested for growth, long-term growth. This is a more conservative approach. The idea here is that there's some tax benefits on the tail end of this, which I'll explain here in a bit. So you're designing this to where you're squashing the death benefit as low as possible to promote cash value growth inside of this. Now, the bonus 162 plan is using that platform. And we're called, you know, let's, let's just call these life insurance, they're LERPs, life insurance retirement plan as kind of a, an overall umbrella, right? And the way the 162 plan works, it's slightly restrictions. And these are mainly for you want to target key employees, but you don't want to have to go through all the, the hoops and the bells and whistles of a deferred comp plan. In essence, you're going to be bonusing them once a year. So it comes off once a year instead of all at the tail end, and you're giving it to them. And the restriction is you're kind of you're lending them the taxes that should be paid. And there's a lot to this and how it works. And there's a contract. And and the way I like to look at it is kind of like a vesting schedule to some degree. It mimics a vesting schedule on that lending of the taxes. And then the taxes are just kind of wiped out because they're going over. And then the employee has the option to keep the plan in place under the life insurance platform after. So instead of cashing it in, on the deferred comp, they just kind of hand it off and say, here you go. This is yours. Now you don't have to pay off all these. Uh, you don't have to pay us back the loan on the taxes that we would have paid. Uh, so they ante it up a little bit. So if you give them a $50,000 bonus, it's, it, you're going to ante up the taxes because the employee is going to pay those taxes in that year. And then the way the life insurance long-term strategy works, it grows tax, def tax deferred. And then as you start taking the money out, it mimics a Roth. It's not a Roth by any stretch of the imagination, but it mimics a Roth because you're taking a loan against the value of the policy, the cash value. So it's kind of like taking loans against an asset, like a real estate um, a property or something. And you're going to uh, not have to pay those loans back. In essence, if you're taking a loan, it's a non-taxable event. So it's a way to get some tax-free income in the future. Again, it's a conservative way to look at investing. It's more of a tax play in this standpoint. Makes sense. So we have the deferred comp plan, the bonus 162 or executive bonus type plan. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else in this realm that 
you think would be good context for this conversation? Yeah, so this kind of more the most casual way to do it. And this is, you know, again, if someone's this works a lot with solo 401ks stacking on top of the solo or if they don't want to give this to any. It's, so it's employer only, right? It's themselves as the owner of the company. You remove every restriction because you are the owner. You don't care. You're not going to put a vesting schedule on yourself. You're not going to put all these restraints. It's just doing it. And that in general is called a LERP, life insurance retirement plan. It's not uh, built for speed. It's just another way to get some sort of taxable. So it's built and designed. They're all designed basically the same way. It's just what kind of restrictions are you putting on top of them for your employee? Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So I think this was this was really helpful. And, and when we, me and Matt were talking about this topic, I said it was a good topic that we wanted to bring on the, the podcast. And one thing Matt said is that this very complicated. It's it's that there's different intricacies. There's different ways to design it. It's not a conversation we have with every business owner. It's just kind of like if the situation arises where it makes sense, we start to talk about it. But I wanted to still have him on about it because I think that that's something that, you know, not everyone will take everything from this conversation. Like, yep, that's me. I'm going to go implement that. But my hope is those listeners that said this isn't for me right now is that maybe down the road as their business grows, as they maybe bring in a key employer, as an employee develops into a key employee might be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I heard this topic talk about this golden handcuff or this different options available out there. And so that that's really the hope is I wanted to at least get some this context out there so you guys kind of knew, right. here yeah. are things that, that the, the business owners are doing. We're not going to go into the details and really get into the nitty gritty because it's so specific and there is a little more complexities and everybody's situation is going to be different. But the hope here was to give a good overview of saying, okay, here are what some options are out there. Here's kind of who they're made for, when it's going to make sense. And if it's something you're interested in, we know that Matt and his team are are great resources and can answer Mm -hmm. questions for you, can look at designing a plan, what that might look like for you specifically and everything else there. So again, take that as, as that context that, you know, Matt specifically said, you know, this isn't going to be something that we maybe want to talk about. But I pushed him and said, you know, this is something that I think is, I want people to be aware of the options out there. Yeah. And this is like with all tax planning. You know, when we're going through a tax plan with someone with a business owner, my goal is that you know what options are available. You might not implement every single strategy that I tell you to or that I think you should or everything you hear on the podcast, you might not implement, but at least you know what's out there. You know what's available. And hopefully when it does make sense for you and your business, you can take action on that. You can learn about it and and it will hopefully kind of be that memory in the back of your mind. So Matt, kind of any, any other context to that story that, that I missed you, there? You said it, you said it perfectly. It's, it, I, I'd say the absolute mass majority of this isn't even brought up um, to, to them just because it's usually, it usually isn't something that makes a lot of sense to most uh, business owners. But it, it, if there is a need, there is a solution. And it's, it's sometimes a, a plan that may or may not seem like you want to do it, even though it is brought up, but it is there. And like you said, it was perfect. It's it's there. It's an option. So every business is different. Every person is different. A solution is there, but just just to let people know that we have it in our palette. We have it in our tool belt. And if you need someone who knows how to do it and do it the right way, then we, we, we are the ones to be able to help with that. Yeah. And, and I know when you talk about life insurance, people get a little squirmy. Um, mm-hmm. because there's everyone's got a different view and different point of view on life insurance. And and I think that I, I really appreciate bringing in Matt to the context of this because I know Matt's not a huge 
kind of life insurance outside of term, but like the, the whole whole life and those types of policies, right. they have their place. Um, but he thinks that they're oftentimes oversold. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, Matt, no, but that's no, my understanding too. It's 100% right. It's, it's, a hot, it's a hot topic. I guess that's the best way to explain it. But it's, you know, we look at it from like a, a retirement plan administration view, right? You know, we're, we're not a, a life insurance agent, number one, and then we do foreign came. We do this because sometimes you have to do, sometimes it's there and sometimes just stockpiling money into a brokerage account. I mean, that maybe that makes more sense instead of doing uh, this sort of plan. So it's just every mm-hmm. person's different. We have to have it there. We have to make sure it's available because it is a solution and it's a legitimate retirement plan option out there. The deferred comp, the bonus 160, they are legitimate. And looking at it from a 401k administrator view, sometimes you have to do it. But yeah. we're looking at it from an individual and we're, you know, life insurance number one, but that's not the case. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening that say, I don't even have a retirement account, go check out our previous episode first. That's going to be... Do not start here. Yeah. yeah. Do not start here. And <laughs> we've, we've had Matt on. We talked a lot, a lot of things. There's been two episodes that we talked about Matt or brought Matt on this this year. Uh, talking about Secure 2.0 and how now is a great time to start a retirement account. And then we dug into kind of what retirement options are available for you. If you have employees, if you don't have employees, and then this was kind of the, the follow-up one to close the loop on, on, on different uh, non-qualified options that are available to you as well. So definitely check out those episodes. We'll have a link in the show notes to our blog post that has all of that, as well as Matt's information. If you're looking to you have questions about this, you have questions about retirement account, about the SECURE Act, you want to set up an account or anything business retirement that comes up, Matt and his team have been more than helpful to all of our listeners and, and is a great resource for us. So Jeff, definitely check out that. And again, Matt from Life Inc. Retirement Services, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate all the content that you bring to our, our listeners. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Love coming on. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.